Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Volume. Hoops Tonight is presented by FanDuel. The NBA is back, and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. This is my favorite sports betting app that is out there. It is safe and easy to use, easy to get your money in and out. I love that cash-out feature, so if you're in good shape with one of your bets and you don't want to risk garbage time, you can get your money out quickly. Use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this NBA season. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. one 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Um, believe it or not, we've already made it a fourth of the way through the season. So we're going to take a look at MVP, most improved player, defensive player of the year, 
and Rookie of the Year. And then tonight's slate of games is jam-packed. I'm going to be recording an instant reaction right after the games tonight. I'm not sure if it'll actually go up on the YouTube feed tonight or tomorrow morning, but keep an eye on the feeds. We will have an instant reaction there. Um, you guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And then last but not least, if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. So starting with MVP, this is not my favorite award just because of the inconsistencies over the years, but I wanted to make sure that for me personally, when I'm picking an MVP, that I was consistent with my criteria. So a few years ago, I nailed it down to three specific criteria, and then I kind of like combined those three when I'm ranking the players. So those three criteria that I use are, who is the best player in the world? Like, regardless of situation, who would be the guy you'd want for a season and a playoff run? For instance, like that's the the, the rankings list that I do over this uh, over the summer. Where you land in that list is one chunk of the pie for me. And then the second chunk of the pie is who's the best player on the best team. This is like your stereotypical MVPs that you've seen over the years like Steph in 2015 or James Harden in 2018 where maybe that guy wasn't necessarily considered the best player in the world at that point, but he was clearly the best player on the best team in the league at that point. So that's the middle chunk of the pie. And then the last chunk of the pie for me is who is more directly valuable to their team success. This is where I'm looking at like point differential stuff. Like how good are they with you on the floor versus when you're off the floor? These are your stereotypical MVP cases like Nikola Jokic last year, or Russell Westbrook in 2017, where they're a lower seed, but they're playing extremely good basketball and elevating an average supporting cast to a mid-level playoff berth. So I'm going to factor all three of those things in for all these players and kind of combine them as I rank the players. So number one, at this point in the season, I think is clearly Jason Tatum. So to keep it simple, Jason Tatum is clearly in the conversation for best player in the world. I wouldn't put him directly there right now. I think Steph and Giannis are clearly ahead of him, but he's every like he has every case to be at the top of the group of guys that's right behind them. So this season Tatum is averaging 32-8-5 on 64% true shooting. If Kevin Durant was doing that, If Steph Curry was doing that, if LeBron James was doing that, we'd all be calling them the MVP. Once again, he's paying like a Tatum tax. It's more like a Boston Celtics tax where people are underrating how good he's been just simply because of who he is and who he plays for. But he has unquestionably been one of the best players in the league this year. So he's doing really well in that first chunk. And then the the second chunk, which is team success, the Celtics are the best team in the league by a mile. They're 18-4. and They're playing at a 67-win pace. They have a two-game lead on the rest of the field. They have the best net rating in the league by 1.7 points per 100 possessions over second place. And they're on a five-game winning streak. So they're clearly the best team in the league, and he's clearly in the conversation for best player in the world. And then when we look at how valuable he is to the Celtics, they're plus 12 per 100 possessions with him on the floor, and they're plus four per 100 possessions with him off the floor. So to simplify that, they're unbelievably good when he's on the floor, and they're just pretty good when he's off the floor. That's a significant differential. So he's checking all three boxes in resounding fashion. This is a classic MVP case. Obviously, he has to maintain it through another three-fourths of the season, but right now I think he's the clear MVP at this point. All right, number two, Giannis. So when we're talking about that first chunk, best player in the world, Giannis is actually the best player in the world. I had him number one on my list coming in this year. So he's got that box completely checked. 
Um, he's averaging a career high 31 points per game with 12 rebounds and six assists. His efficiency is down a little bit this year. This is actually Giannis's first time being below 60% true shooting since 2018. Uh, but a big part of that is injuries. Uh, you know, with Pat Connaughton being out, with Chris Middleton being out, even Drew Holiday's missed some time. The spacing isn't quite as good around Giannis, and his usage is higher as a result of the fact that they don't have as much offensive creation. So that's typically going to cause you some issues in efficiency. As we look at the team... The Bucks are 15-5, and five, only two games back from Boston. So in the team success portion, he's also got that pretty well checked. As far as differential goes, they're plus nine points per 100 possessions when he's on the floor, and then they're even when he's off the floor. So it's a similar differential to Tatum. So as we look out, his case is also very, very good. I think Tatum is just having a slightly better season, and I think his team is slightly better. So that gives Tatum the nod here, but it is close. And I do think that Giannis, I, my, I predicted that Giannis would win the MVP before the season. Obviously at this point with what we know about Giannis and with, we, with what we know about Jason Tatum and given the small gap between the two, I still predict that Giannis will eventually end up getting the MVP award. But I do think if the season ended today, it would have to go to Tatum. All right. Number three, Devin Booker. Is he in the best player in the world conversation? No, I'd say he's probably closer to 10 than he is to one. So that's the major weak portion of his case. But he is having by far the best season of his career. And, is he, and he has taken a leap from star to superstar, in my opinion. I did a whole video on him yesterday that you can find on my Twitter feed at underscore JasonLT, breaking down his high-level offensive initiation that he demonstrated in a comeback win over the Sacramento Kings earlier this week. He's averaging a career high 29 points per game with five rebounds and six assists. He's shooting, he's got a 60% true shooting percentage, which is insane. And I believe this is the best playmaking season and best defensive season of his career. Now he's had seasons where he's averaged more assists, but they were on really bad Suns teams where he was a lot more heliocentric. Um, in this particular season, when you factor in the stakes, the level of competition, and just, you know, with them being in a winning concept, I think this has been the uh, the highest level playmaking I've seen from him. So, again, not not doing strong in that specific criteria, but he's also a lot higher there than people would probably realize. Looking at the team, the Suns are 15-6. and six. They're the top seed in the West. They are plus 9.9 .9 points per 100 possessions with him on the floor and minus 1.4 points per 100 possessions with him off. That's an 11.3 point differential. That's MVP level stuff. They're an outstanding team with them on the floor, and they're a negative team with them off the floor. So, you know, as we look, as we zoom out with Devin Booker, he's got the team success thing, and he's got the value to his team thing. He's just a little weak in that actual hierarchy of the NBA. That's why I have him down at number three. Number four, Steph Curry. So at a minimum, he's the second best player alive. I used to think that there was a chasm between Giannis and the rest of the field, in large part because Steph had a great playoff run, but he didn't have a great regular season last year, and he had some poor shooting at certain points during the playoffs. So, like, it was one of those things where, you know, you're, you you still view Steph as in great esteem, but you don't view him as the same type of regular season weapon as Giannis, right? But he completely put that to rest this year. He's having just a completely ludicrous offensive season that has erased that chasm, in my opinion. I still give a slight nod to Giannis as the best player in the world, but Steph is clearly a better offensive player than Giannis. He's arguably the best offensive player that's ever played, and he's arguably having the best offensive season that any player has ever had, and that might be enough for some folks to put him up at number one. I just have him barely behind Giannis at number two. So he's doing really well in that first criteria. 
The Warriors are 11 and 11. This is where Steph is going to lose a ton of ground in these rankings. They didn't defend nearly well enough during that five-game road trip on the East Coast, and they went 0-5, and it dug them in a big hole. But the team does appear to be putting some things together, and he could move up this list if the Warriors move up the standings. The differential is where Steph is completely insane, and this is his long shot to win MVP. So the Warriors are plus 11.2 points per 100 possessions with Steph on the floor, and they are minus 16.5 points per 100 possessions with him off the floor. That is a 27.7 point differential with Steph on versus when he's off. He is so vital to everything they do offensively. In terms of pure value, that third chunk, he has a chasm between him and the rest of the field. So in a year like last year, he probably would have won MVP, but the problem is is you have some more clear-cut candidates this year. So the Warriors are definitely going to have to win more games in order for Steph to get it. But if it's close, if the Warriors are a two-seed out west and he's got a 28-point differential and Tatum's got an eight-point differential, I could see some voters gravitating back towards Steph, especially with the legitimacy of him having just won his first finals MVP and his fourth championship. All right, number five, I have Luka Doncic. He's kind of similar to uh, to Jason Tatum in the sense that like he's in that group of players that's right below Giannis and Steph, clearly in the conversation for best player in the world, but also clearly not the best player in the world. He's averaging a career-high 34 points per game with nine rebounds and nine assists, a career-high 61% true shooting percentage. He's also been defending a lot better as of late after a pretty rough start to the season, but the team, once again, not his fault. It's a supporting cast thing, similar to the Steph thing. Uh, but the Mavericks are 10 and 11, and that's just not going to get it done. That's where he's getting hurt. On the uh, differential side of things, the uh, the Mavericks are plus 4.3 points per 100 possessions with Luka on the floor, and they are minus 5.2 points per 100 possessions with him off. That is a 9.5 point swing. So he's playing MVP level basketball. And, um, you know, he's, he's good enough in the hierarchy of the league, but the Mavericks are just going to have to win more games for him to ever be considered, which is why when I saw him as the preseason favorite on FanDuel, I just didn't understand that. And I thought it was a bad bet. I just never thought the Mavericks would be able to win enough games. And, you know, one last note on the Luka thing. And I talked about this a little bit in our technical difficulties episode on Tuesday. That's why I'm going to rehash it here a little bit, but it bothers me that, uh, we have a tendency to jump down and denigrate players when their team struggles when it was an obvious roster situation. Like, it's basically the same roster, except for without Jalen Brunson. And last year with Jalen Brunson, they were three wins away from the finals, and the role players fell apart in that series. Luka also didn't play very well, but those things are uh, intricately related to each other. My my point there is, is like, it's clearly a roster issue, and everyone's jumping down Luka. And the thing is, is like, I get it, as it pertains to his play style and how aesthetically it can be not the most attractive style of basketball. We used to say, you know, I say we, basketball media used to uh, to say a lot of similar things about LeBron in the Spurs in like the 2013, 2014 range. It was like the Spurs were playing the beautiful game. And then the Miami Heat was like really good defense and LeBron James creating everything. And a lot of like basketball fans would talk about how, you know, they preferred the player movement. They preferred the ball movement. And we've also heard it. We've heard that with James Harden over the years. We've heard that with Trey Young over the years. We've heard that with Luka Doncic over the years. And Luka just gets lumped in with Trey and James Harden as those like heliocentric, ugly style of play players. But he's so much better than them 
with his versatility offensively, which is why he actually goes up a level in the playoffs rather than, you know, declining like most players have, like Trey Young has, like James Harden has. And so I don't I, like good. If you want to talk about how you don't like the way Luka Doncic plays, that's fine. But the actual impact, you can't overlook that. That's unassailable. Luka Doncic is a proven playoff performer and he's in his early 20s. Like where was LeBron at? 23-24. You know, where was Michael Jordan at 23-24? I I don't think he's discussed fairly. Um and this is going to be a crap season because the Mavs are going to suck and everyone's going to use it as an opportunity to act as though Luka Doncic doesn't play the right way. And then watch what happens at 27-28. He'll be playing on some team with a legit co-star. You know, the legit co-stars that every other NBA champion in NBA history has had. You know, like Kawhi Leonard doing it with Pascal Siakam and that ridiculous team, or you know, uh, Giannis doing it with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, or LeBron doing it with Anthony Davis, or Steph doing it with Kevin Durant. Everyone's playing with great players, and yet you're judging Luca for losing games with Spencer Dinwiddie and off the streets Kemba Walker coming in to try to save their offense. Like I don't think that's fair. Should he be the MVP? No, but that's why I have him down at five. But let's let's cut him some slack for what's happening with the Mavericks. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you feeling stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started to see a little more of your scalp? Are you unhappy with your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Physician-formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole-body health. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription, or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription. And free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code 
Hoops. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Hoops, H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Hoops. All right, moving on. Defensive Player of the Year. So this is going to ruffle some feathers, but hear me out. I think Anthony Davis is the clear choice for Defensive Player of the Year at this point. So obviously the Lakers as a team have underperformed, but their defense has been excellent. They're seventh in defensive rating and they're second in half-court defense. Anthony Davis is fourth in the league in blocks. He's the only player in the entire NBA averaging over one and a half steals and one and a half blocks. And the big difference between him and the other guys we're going to talk about on this list, uh, um, uh, which I won't reveal at this exact moment in time, but the biggest difference between him and the other two guys that I have in this list is Anthony Davis is not just a rim protector. He's also an outstanding uh, interior defender as it uh, pertains to defending passes. He keeps his hands high and low to disrupt pocket passes, to disrupt kickout passes, to disrupt drop-off passes to the dunker spot or things along those lines, which is why he's the only player in the league that's averaging over one and a half steals and one and a half blocks. It kickstarts everything the Lakers do in transition, and he leads the entire league in rebounding. So he's finishing defensive possessions for the Lakers at an astounding rate, which is a big part of defense. If you can't finish the defensive possession, you have to play defense again. Rebounding is part of defense. So Anthony Davis, if you, especially when you look at the uh, supporting cast, he's not being flanked by Giannis Antetokounmpo and Drew Holiday. Sorry, like he's just he's got LeBron James, who yeah, when he tries hard, like he did on Wednesday, is an above-average defender. In fact, a good defender when he tries hard. But then on Monday night, he was an absolute disaster and gave really poor effort, and it arguably cost his team the uh, uh, the win, right? So, like, the Lakers are playing with an average defensive supporting cast at best, and Anthony Davis is just about single-handedly anchoring them as the seventh-best defense in the NBA and the second-best half-court defense in the NBA. It's, it's just him and a bunch of veteran minimum contracts and a LeBron James that only plays hard when he feels like it So on the defensive end. Uh, AD makes it all work, and he, to me, he's the clear-cut defensive player of the year. If you were, if you were, let's say, a Brook Lopez fan, and you were griping with this specific take, the big thing that you would hone in on is AD's transition defense. The Lakers have the worst transition defense in the league, and Anthony Davis has been one of the culprits for that. Although he's been better in the last couple of weeks. Number two, I have Brook Lopez. So he is the rim protector in the Bucks drop coverage scheme, and he is protecting the hell out of the rim. He is averaging 2.9 blocks per game, which is second in the league. And the Bucs have the best paint defense in the league. They're allowing just 44.5 points in the paint per 100 possessions, which, like I said, is first place in the league. He's doing an incredible job. I don't want to undercut that. But, guys, just let's be honest. Like, playing defense at the rim next to Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the best defensive player in the world, in my opinion. He's just saving resources for his job over the course of the season – and Drew Holiday, who is one of the top six or seven defensive players in the entire world, it's just a different level of work than LeBron James cleaning up for Lonnie Walker, who's been a career bad defensive player, right? You know, guys that are old and past their prime, like Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, and a bunch of veteran minimum guys. It's just a different level of challenge that Anthony Davis has, and he has turned them into a good defense in spite of all of that. Number three, I have Joel Embiid. 
He's also been one of the best defensive anchors in the league this year. He just hasn't played often enough. I think he's only played in 14 games this year because of injuries. Among players who are playing at least 34 minutes per game, no player in the entire NBA has posted a better defensive rating than Joel Embiid at 103.7, which is two points better than second place. If he could play 65 plus game, um, uh, 65 plus games, he does have an outside chance of getting this award. All right, rookie of the year. Number one, I have Paolo Boncaro. He's already an incredibly gifted NBA scorer. He's averaging 23 points on 55% true shooting. He's also scoring 0.98 points per isolation, which is slightly above average, which is really impressive for essentially a teenager. Um, He's scoring 1.21 points per post-up, though, which is in the 91st percentile counting passes. So he's – when we talked – I did a breakdown of Paolo Boncaro like two weeks ago, but it's like – his ability to use hesitation dribbles to get defenders out of position because he has a decent pull-up jump shot, although that's his biggest area of opportunity right now. But then he's so big and strong, it's insane. For a guy his age, a rookie, to have a combination of strength, size, and skill that is already causing problems for the vast majority of NBA defenders is super impressive. And like, he waits to have little gaps appear, and then he plays a super physical brand of basketball. He'll hit that gap with his right shoulder and just punch through with strength and go all the way to the rim. He's really gifted in the post going over both shoulders, and he passes surprisingly well for a young player as well. Um, number two, and number, uh, number two, I have Jaden Ivey, and number three, I have Ben Matherin. Their numbers aren't that far apart. Ben's actually been a little bit better statistically, but I just think Jaden Ivey's a better player. Uh, his role is a lot different. The Detroit Pistons are actually having him create a lot more, whereas Ben Matherin's in more of a play-finishing type of role um, with Indiana. And if you actually look at their self-creation numbers, Ivy's are way better. So in pick and roll, including passes, Jaden Ivy's giving you 0.9 points per possession. Ben Matherin's giving you 0.66. That's a pretty significant gap. That's like average for Ivy to bad for Ben Matherin. In ISO, Jaden Ivy's giving you 0.89. Matherin's giving you 0.8. So, you know, shout out to Ben Mather. We talked about him a lot on Monday or Wednesday when we talked about the Pacers. He's been a lot better than I expected him to be, especially as a jump shooter. But I just think Ivy's a better player for now. And I think Ivy has more like high-end superstar potential as well. All right, last but not least, before we get out of here tonight, most improved player. So I have Laurie Markkinen at number one. I know there's been a lot of hype around Bull Bull, and we're going to talk about him in a second, but I think Laurie Markkinen deserves the award through one-fourth of the season, obviously. He's averaging a career-high 22 points and nine rebounds. He's shooting a career-high 65% true shooting percentage. He's taken 191 jump shots this year for 228 points, which is in the 85th percentile. He's also shooting 42% off the dribble, which is kind of a new part of his game. He's scoring efficiently out of the post and out of ISO, and he's been really solid in crunch time as well. He's been one of the highest scorers this season. I think he's like 13th in the entire NBA when the game is within five points with less than five minutes left. He went from inconsistent role player to legitimate foundational piece for a franchise in one summer, which to me is what deserves the award. Now, kind of similar to the MVP thing, there's a bunch of different interpretations of this rule because like Bull Bull, the actual gap between what Bull Bull was and now is bigger, but I prefer to reward players who go from role player to star than players who go from end of the bench to role player. I just think that's what the award specifically should be targeting. Um, I did have Bull Bull at second. Uh, He averaged 2.7 points per game for his career in three seasons in Denver, and now he's averaging 13.1 
points per game with the Orlando Magic on 67% true shooting and with some good jump shooting in there as well. Um, and more importantly, he's actually been pretty productive for the Magic on the scoreboard. His net rating, meaning the point differential per 100 possessions, is fourth on the team among rotation players. He's got a really good handle for his size. That's the big thing that stands out to me when I was watching film this morning. He also plays relatively well in the physicality for being a really thin player. Kind of reminds me of KD a little bit where like, even though he is thin, by being the physical aggressor, he gets himself um, through those physical scenarios pretty well. I, I, I just think, you know, and this is where, because as is always the case when stuff like this happens, we all go off the rails. And, you know, I saw Stefan Marbury, and Stefan Marbury famously says all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but Stefan Marbury's like, oh, he's going to be a top-tier star in the next two years. Okay, let's slow down a little bit, you know. Everyone was talking about, you know, why is why is uh, uh, Victor Wembenyama getting all this attention when Bull Bull is doing all the same things? No, he's not. Okay, like, let's let's calm down. I really enjoyed watching that film on Bull Bull this morning. He has absolutely taken a significant leap. It's good to see him getting a legit green light and an opportunity to actually show what he can do without fear of making mistakes. I'm on board just like everyone else is, but let's slow down a little bit. I do not think that he has enough fluidity, um, especially going from handle to jumper, to be a top-tier superstar or even really anything close to that. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, Victor Wembanyama. you can see the difference. Like, just go look at, like, five or six pull-up jump shots from Bull Bull and then go look at five or six pull-up jump shots from Victor Wembanyama. Bull Bull looks like a big man who's shooting a pull-up jump shot. Victor Wembanyama looks like a two-guard who's got an incredibly fluid and quick and confident release, which is the di- – like, for instance, Bull Bull's only taken two threes per game this year. Victor Wembanyama is going to attempt seven threes per game as a rookie in all likelihood. He's going to be a high-volume three-point shooter because of the fluidity and quickness of his release. And then, again, like you want to know why there's more hype around Victor Wembanyama? He's an 18-year-old dude who's not in the league yet, and Bull Bull is a 23-year-old who's in his fourth NBA season. Like It's totally different prospects in terms of future development for both of those two guys. So let's just enjoy Bobo's game like normal people and not make outrageous comparisons. Um, and then the last guy I wanted to shout out on the most improved player I put third on my list was Anthony Simons. He's up from last. So last year he had averaged a career high 17 points per game. This year he's bumped that up to 24 points per game. And most importantly, he's actually generating a lot of quality shots. He's turned himself into a legit NBA shot creator The Blazers have scored 314 points on 306 of his pick and rolls, which is in the 69th percentile. He's also run 90 ISOs for 96 points, which is in the 73rd percentile. You could actually make the case that Anthony Simons is like legitimately better than CJ McCollum at this point. So yeah, only a quarter of the way through the season. A lot can change. We'll probably touch base on this again here in about a month and a half. Um, But that's all I have for today. As always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 